So right here, right now, I acknowledge that divine feminine, that aspect of God that seeds all with life, the power of renewal, wholeness, healing, that part of us that blossoms with new ideas and that creative spirit, the creative mind. And I know that because there's only this one presence, this source of all creation, that that is my true nature, for it is expressing itself in, as, and through me now. And I know that because it is true for me, it is true for all. That everything and every being, every life form, is seeded with a part of this divine feminine of our source, our God. And that all of its power, all of its life, all of its beingness is right where I am and it is right where you are. For it is always here, always, everywhere throughout eternity. And so I know that because this is the truth that I am blessed with this eternal life, eternal wholeness, eternal creativity, and I give great thanks for this, great thanks knowing that this world, this life, all beings, are blessed with this divine presence, this life, right here and now and forevermore. And I release this with gladness into that law that supports and brings it into being right now. And so it is. So, this week, we're going to continue our month-long exploration of the Divine Feminine. And I want to be clear that the Divine Feminine is not gender-based. It's not about men and women. It's about the qualities that live within each of us. We're just exploring the part of us that we know as the Divine Feminine. And today, we're going to look at the idea of wild mercy, the wildness, the, the live-flat-outness of, of our lives. And we're going to open with a prayer to Shekinah. And I'll take the next slide, please. Shekinah is the... Um, Divine feminine in the Jewish culture. And so this is a prayer from Mirabai Star. O Shekinah, yours is the feminine face of the holy, the luminous moon who lights up the night as we travel from captivity to liberation. And that captivity and liberation both exist within us, right? And so this is the, the divine feminine is the light that lights our way as we make that journey from being captive in the world to being free in the world. Not free of the world, but free in the world. Teresa of Avila, 16th century Catholic mystic, extends the radical invitation to us to drop our moralistic self-recriminations. Moralistic self That's the list that you have of everything you're doing wrong. You probably don't, but I do have one of those. 
dispense with dogma, strip off the cloak of our preconceptions, and step naked into the arms of the beloved. She says, the important thing is not to think much, but to love much, and so to do whatever best awakens you to love, to that heart energy. Most of the world's religions are kind of based on the shadow masculine. Yes? You've, you've noticed that, some of you? Especially if you're a woman, you might have noticed that, yeah? Yeah, okay. Who believe that the purpose of life in this world is to transcend the world. In other words, it's to get off the planet. That's the purpose of life, according to a lot of religions. And that includes transcending our bodies, especially female bodies. You female bodies get us men bodies in so much trouble. And it's all your fault. Right? That's, that's the way that a lot of traditional religion perceives things. Which is why the feminine has been pushed aside in those religions. But the feminine is about imminence. It's about being in the world, in the flesh, in the body. Not being transcendent of it. Not being away from it. It's being infused in all matter and spirit with the glory of that divine feminine, the glory of life energy. The Shekinah shatters the one into the delightful, delicious multiplicity that we get to live and play in. The, the Rabbi Star calls it the blessed pandemonium of the many. Blessed pandemonium of the many. How many of you know what I'm talking about with the blessed pandemonium of the many? Right? You ever noticed the world? It's a little pandemic, little chaotic, right? The feminine energy is chaotic. Not necessarily in a bad, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just is. When we treat multiplicity as a problem and designate unity as the solution, we make embodiment evil. We make the multiplicity wrong. Anybody notice that there's a couple of religions that have done that in your lives? Oh, yeah. It's no wonder that the traditional religions cast the feminine out because they can't handle it. Even religious science sometimes gets into the, oh, let's just all know we're one. Okay? That's true, and we're many. Ernest Holmes celebrated the multiplicity, by the way. So neither oneness nor multiplicity is wrong. It's, they're just two lovers in a divine dance. And without one or the other, the dance doesn't happen. We are part of that dance. We are spiritual beings and human beings simultaneously. Both are wonderful. Both are wonderful. And so the dance that goes on in the universe is a dance between this deep longing for the one from that heart, and the deep union with that. And we go back and forth and back and forth. The Sufi poet Ghalib said, for the raindrop, joy is entering the river. I would say also that for the river, the joy is releasing the raindrop back again. And that this dance 
of merging with the river, releasing from the river, is our dance, our dance of the divine, our dance of the sacredness of who we are. The divine feminine is creativity. It's creativity. It calls us to places we haven't been before. In China, not China, in Japan, in the 18th century, there was a woman haiku poet, which is very rare. Most of the haiku poets were men. Uh, her name was Chioni. And she wrote a wonderful uh, poem, if you have a slide there, that said, the morning glory, it has taken the well bucket. I must ask elsewhere for water. What I love about this is she's been away for a little while. She hasn't been to the well for a while. And when she comes back to the well, the morning glory has grown all over and entangled itself with the bucket. And she's struck just with the beauty of this flower. Morning glories are beautiful, right? I I know some of us don't like what they do. But, But the flowers are pretty. They are pretty. Unlike a man who would walk up there and hack the thing away and to get to the well bucket, she says, I must ask elsewhere. I'm going to go to one of my neighbors for water. I'm going to leave this as it is. It's beautiful as it is. And so it's not about the function. It's not about the doingness. It's about the appreciation of the beingness just as it is, even if it's not perfectly according to her plan to get well water from that well that day. That's the divine feminine. That's the appreciation of the divine feminine. Can we see the beauty instead of looking at, here's my task? It calls us to the place of not knowing. The in-between. The the in-the-meantime. Our masculine-oriented cultures have to know. Notice that going on in the news right now? We've got to know. We've got to know everything. We look to facts, not intuition. Even though in Ernest Holmes says intuition is our direct connection with the divine. Listening to that voice within. If I can get the next PowerPoint. Mirabai Starr says that when we show up to make art, and we're always showing up to make art. We have that potential, by the way. It's called your life. When we show up to make art, we need to first get still enough to hear What wants to come through? What wants to be expressed through us? Then we need to step out of the way and let it. We must be willing to abide in a space of not knowing before we can settle into knowing. Every Saturday morning when I sit down to start writing my Sunday talk, I sit in a place of not knowing. I sit in a place of, what am I going to say this week? And I ask Spirit, because I know it's not me, David, saying anything. I, I don't have a whole lot to say. But the infinite presence through me does. And so I say, ask. I ask, what do you want to speak through me? And oftentimes, you know, people say, well, how does, your, you know, how does that process flow? And it's just like, I just start writing. Maybe about halfway through, I'll sit there and go, where do I want this to end up? Where do, where does, where do you want this to end up? Where does this infinite presence wants, want this to end up? And it starts to kind of fill in. I've had hits through the week. I've had... You know, life experiences or readings that I've done or whatever, and, and there's sort of a bunch of splotches sort of thrown onto the canvas and finding a way to make sense of that all and to put it into words. That's that process. I know that my friend Buffy over here, when she does artwork, starts in that place of not knowing. And sometimes that place lasts for months 
right? <laughs> I know because she has told me that. And so we have to be willing to hang in that space, that divine feminine space of not knowing. Oh, God, I hate that. This process sounds a lot like visioning, the spiritual practice that we do, a visioning where we have to get our bloated nothingness out of the way and listen, where we have to hang in that space of I have no bloody idea of what wants to come through, but I'm willing to be in that space. And our masculine Western minds are not comfortable with that I have no bloody idea process. Yes? Okay. And, and again, not gender-based. All of us are conditioned into the Western masculine culture. And we're awakening to the divine feminine that lives within all of us, male and female alike. So not knowing for many people is a problem to be solved rather than a sacred space to be enjoyed. John of the Cross said that when you're in the dark, he was the person who wrote the book, The Dark Night of the Soul, uh, another Christian mystic around the same time as Teresa of Avila. They knew each other. He said that when we get into the dark night of the soul, there comes a point where we don't want it to end. We want to stay there till we get all that we need to get out of it. And so we're in that space of that darkness, that divine feminine. Darkness not as a bad thing, just darkness, that creative space. When we're in that space, we want to get everything out of it rather than rushing out of it as fast as we could. To allow anything new to, mer- to truly emerge, to be born, we have to be in that space. We have to engage with a creative impulse in some area, in any area of our lives. Right? We have to engage with that. And engaging with the creative impulse, which is living flat out, living from our true self, is an agreement to take a voyage into the heart of the, minister, the mystery. It's an engagement to take a voyage into the heart of mystery, the divine mystery. It's an invitation and an accepted invitation to make love with the divine. Making art, being creative, is making love with the divine. And it frightens us, it empties us, it enlivens us. And it demands nothing less than everything we are and everything we have. And it returns all of that tenfold. It returns our life, it returns our blessing tenfold. Those of us who have walked this path know that there's times that the life completely shatters and falls apart. And yet, as we keep walking, if we don't quit right there, as we keep walking, the life rebuilds into something completely new and ever more wonderful. I remember Mary uh, Manna Morrissey talking about who was the, the uh, founding minister for the Living Enrichment Center down south of Portland, a church that had something like five or 6,000 people meeting on a Sunday, um, talked about when that church went under. Some catastrophic stuff happened and it went under. She said that she hung on to that with claw marks in the sand. And years later, she can look back and say, why did I cling so hard? Because my life is so much better today. And the life of a lot of people involved with that center are so much better today than when she was clinging to it. And so are we willing to let go? Are we willing to have empty hands? Daniel Lamont has a wonderful song that says, you know, uh, I give you my empty hands. You needed my empty hands. So this week, I invite you to look for opportunities to join the divine dance and to make love with the divine.
Willing for that? Even if you don't know what that is right now? Uh-huh. Just, ha- just having the willingness. I am willing to enter into that place. I am willing to be in that divine dance more consciously, to make love with the divine more consciously, whatever that looks like for you. Your heart knows. Your soul knows. And so it's taking the time to listen. So setting aside time to dance with your divine feminine, to write poetry, to color in a coloring book, to to listen to music that inspires you, to read something that's sacred and heart and soul moving and opening, to make a beautiful meal, whatever it is for you. Here's a wild one. Forgive everybody who's ever hurt you. I had a person who came up and said that they've been working with a statement from, from, uh, that I mentioned a few weeks ago, may you be happy, may you be well, may all good things come to you, may you be at peace. And that's made a profound shift in their life. And so to play with that, to not carry that burden along, to forgive everyone who ever hurts you, practice wild mercy. Are you willing to do that this week? To play with that divine feminine of who you are, that chaotic, messy, fun, enlivening, frustrating energy and ultimately freeing energy. I'm going to close with a a reading out of the book. This is the, one of the two books we're using for this month called uh, Wild Mercy by Mirabai Star. When you were a child, you knew yourself to be co-creator of the universe. But little by little, you forgot who you were. When you were a child, everything was about color. Now you pick black as your automatic font color because that's the coin of the realm. When you were a child, you made up songs. You don't sing much anymore. You lecture, ouch. Or you yell, ouch. Or you keep a safe silence, ouch. When you were a child, you traveled from place to place by dancing and skipping. And now you cultivate stillness, which is great, but you're forgetting how to move to the music of your soul. Take a breath. You can hardly even hear that inner music over the clamor of all your obligations. Reclaim your wild creativity. I know it's dangerous when you allow yourself to become a conduit for Shakti, the primordial cosmic energy. She enters like light and everything becomes illuminated. She fits you like a second skin and you feel everything. Pervasive bliss, deep ache. She makes you hungry. She fills you up makes you drowsy, keeps you awake all night. She arouses praise and moves you to lament. She is the sacred taking the ordinary hostage. You cannot resist her.